Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SideQuest Podcast. My name is Luke. I'm BJ. We've got... Hello. It's Matt. It's me, Matt. Matt's here. And we're doing we're doing another another collab with him at this point. Yeah, the I, I would say the un, the unofficial third member of of the side. Man, I'm podcast. just here for a good time with some good friends. So it's always hey, it's, man. I I Tuesdays, listen to bro. everyone that comes out. Uh, you know, I'm here for you guys. Matt, you. Matt Matt's been the like the number one fan, and it's it's great. There you go. It's it's funny because we'll we'll come hang out with him on like Tuesdays, and he'll just be like, "Yeah, so on the podcast, you guys talk about this." And I'm always like, "Man." Oh, this, when we listened to Dollar General last week and I got back in the car and it was on the radio, I was like, is that my voice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I asked him, like, hey, what part are you at? He goes, well, let me check. Just hit play and I'm like, oh, I'm sick. Yeah. So. But yeah. How have you been, Matt? I, I've been good. I've been, should we, can I jump into things I've been playing? Yeah, go right cool. ahead. Um, been playing a lot of, so I got my Series X, you guys mentioned on the podcast. I got it. It was a whole thing. I had to use coded messages at Best Buy. Because, you know, you go in and you're really like, hey, do you have any Series Xs? They'll be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you had yeah. to defeat the manager and then the regional manager. Yeah, yeah. It's just a long thing. So I had to, like, ask him to search a SKU, you know, and, and there was one there. And it's, like, the only one that's been in Nashville for a long time. Yep. And they're like, yeah, man, we were waiting for somebody to get it. And I was like, no, you probably were, like, waiting for your cousin to come pick it up. <laughs> exactly. Waiting for that paycheck to hit. That's right. But I got it, and so I've been playing lots of different games. Quick resume is like, oh, it's it's so good, it's killer, it's, and it's so and the fact good. That the PlayStation Five does not have it. I well, I think just I think right now it's because that is trademarked to Xbox. So I think if PlayStation did it, they'd have to kind of tweak it. I think I don't know if like that's how it works, but really? I don't they, think PlayStation gives enough of a fuck to yeah. do anything like that. Well, did anyway. you did you hear about the uh, the Project Spartacus thing where the highest end one, which granted will still be cheaper than Game Pass, you have to pay to to do backwards compatibility, and even then we wait still, on the PlayStation. Yeah, oh which even then we don't even know if you can throw your PS3 disc into the PS5 to make it work. It I might, was and it might I'm still be that's a no. It might still be either if you have to like Nintendo Switch Online type shit where if you pay for the subscription you can just well, have like, I was I was really happy with like the Xbox I had. It wasn't like a at like the the pro version. It was just basic and I was happy with it and still until like I mean but things would be so slow. Like there'd be nights where like we'd be playing Halo and like it would crash and then it wouldn't load and I have to restart it and it oh my gosh. But then I, I got the Series S, and then I was like, the one thing that was hard is, like, we have so many DVDs and all of, like, and a bunch of, like, really nice ones, the 4K ones, and and then I also have a bunch of Xbox. Like, got, your, got your Dune 4K. Oh, man. Once I, I bought that, we, like, watched it two days later, and it was still <laughs> just as good. Um, and so it's just been, it's been, uh, I was just sad that I wouldn't have a disk drive, and uh, so it's been, it's been awesome uh, to be able to throw in overwatch because that's not on game pass or anything so it's still like 40 bucks so i was like at least i have overwatch yeah on the last podcast i heard you play a lot of overwatch bj i did i used to play overwatch every night for like uh like two years straight maybe we should boot it back up because i love overwatch but i get really sweaty (laughs) yeah i get so angry i get in those moods too and then i'll just uh, blame my team you know (laughs) yeah of course that's it's always the team's fault yeah never my fault it's the number one cause of losing a game is fucking bullshit yeah every time because it's the first thing someone says when when some shit goes wrong yeah and and it's especially when they do like uh the the roll queue Mm -hmm. it's like i i never queue anymore as uh like damage 
Um, and so I'm always like usually tank. Um, and so I'll always be like, these freaking, like, what are you doing? Why are you picking freaking Hanzo? This is not a Hanzo map. What are you doing? I used to play a lot of, uh, I had a couple of DPS that I would choose. And then I was, I was pretty much a diva main when it came to tanks. And, uh, I carried a couple games with her, but my biggest thing was playing Moira. Oh, like, a good I, Moira is, is, is a really great I used to consistently to get five gold. Like I would sit down, play a couple matches, just five gold all the way. Through. Dude, I I consistently get gold, even with like, uh, like, like enemies killed with Sigma. I that's, that's Sigma can guy. be a beast if oh. you're like really good at it. Mm. But I mostly use the shield just for myself. <laughs> yeah. So like if I can't if I can't roll Q as a as a DPS, you know, it's like I'll just I'll just play a DPS as you know as a DPS tank. or like Roadhog. He's great at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, all your DPS players are never going to actually go behind your shield. They're going to go out in front and overextend and get themselves killed. Exactly. So, uh, you know. Isn't that, isn't that how you win the game? Apparently. Yeah. I mean, have you seen any play of the game where they're actually behind a shield? No. Never. Because they, they just r- bumfuck run in yeah. to do, like, the coolest shit. Yeah, Reaper and, just goes and, in the middle and then gets killed halfway through his Right, uh, you don't see him for half the match, and he stands in a corner somewhere until he builds his ult and then yeah. drops on point. My, 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 entire, my entire thing with Overwatch is, there, is nine times out of ten, the guy who wants to get play of the game never gets it, except the one time. The one time it's Yo, like, oh, it's it like I, I actually think it's mostly it's usually Diva with her. <laughs> I I it would make me like playing Overwatch turned me back into like a twelve year old kid on Xbox Live mm-hmm. because I would always run into that enemy Diva that's like constantly spamming the voice lines and the emotes mm-hmm. when they get like a kill. Yeah, and I would just turn my mic on and you know scream bloody murder, and there went my drip tip. Oh, I got you. Thank you. Oh no. The droop snoot. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Steve, uh, let me just finish off about the, what I'm playing. Uh, so. Lots of lots of Halo still, and um, then Cyberpunk, and it. I think it's great. I know. I know I'm not in the majority saying that. I but, mean, uh, you you're. It's not necessarily the majority. It's more so just like. A lot of I think a lot of people who actually sat through it and played it were like, this game is good. Oh yeah, but there's just a lot of problems, and, and it's like I, I, for some reason I'm like really even though it's like you know there's these AAA titles from these AAA companies that like you expect polished results, but it's just it's come so much that it's like that's not gonna happen yeah. a lot, you know, and especially with some of my favorite games like Battlefront or Battlefield Four, you know, it's like. That was a really rough start, but still, like, one of my favorite games to play. Did you listen to the most recent podcast we did? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you hear the whole story of EA blaming Halo yeah, for EA? Yeah, it, The dumbest shit. It's because y'all fucked up the release. That's it. But, like, yeah, no, like, t- to and, be yeah, fair. And I, I actually do think COVID is 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 a legitimately big issue. Well, yeah. A big setback for a lot of. I mean, um, a lot of games got pushed back into years that they were like, well. Because, like, case in point, like, this year alone. Um, we had both Horizon and Elden Ring that took up February and March. And then even just in March, we have Triangle Strategy. We've got, like, th- a bunch of other games coming out. So it's, like, all these games, it's, it's getting down now where I think this year is, you're going to see it where it's, like, look, these games have to come out. We cannot keep pushing these back. 
They're ready to go. Well, and it's it's going to be like, well, do I want to get this game or this game, this game or this game all year? I think it's such a dichotomy between also with COVID and money and like also like manpower. It's like it's just such a, a, a like a game of like we need money. So we need to like keep pushing it. We need to release it now because we need money. But the, the game's not ready. COVID. It's just it's so many different things at play. I wonder for a lot of these video game. companies. It's, it's very interesting because Sony, it seems Sony and Microsoft when it comes to the, the games they're putting out. Nintendo as well, but Nintendo does weird shit all the time. But like, since Sony and Microsoft are backed by multi-million dollar companies or billion in the case of Microsoft, they kind of can afford to take more time. Like all the Sony games, they take five plus years, and it's like no, no one else can afford to do that. Yeah, Microsoft can sit there and tell the Hellblade devs, it's like, hey, we bought you, we want Hellblade two, take your time. And it's like, oh, they can afford to do that because they're focusing on Game Pass and that shit that's going to hopefully bring them a constant revenue. Whereas, like, okay, help, the Ninja Theory can work on that. Obviously, they got Bethesda now, so everything they're putting out is going to be theirs too. And Bethesda already takes a decade to make a game anyway. But, like, no one else can really afford to do that. Like, Assassin's Creed, I think, at most can take, like, two years. They have to put something out every so often because... I feel like at least Ubisoft feels they're going to lose momentum because to be fair, all their games are the fucking same every year, just with slight things like Far Cry six, which is Far Cry three again. Yeah. Like it was with Far Cry four and Far Cry five. Yeah. But it, yeah, like COVID definitely fucked a lot of people considering like all the timelines and like, well, I mean, and we're going to talk about it with a news story that we didn't talk about last week on the podcast, but like, they have to work like a lot of these companies have to work around other things because you know when Starfield's dropping no one's going to want to release a game around that no yeah. one's going to want to release a game around Call of Duty every year because it's fucking Call of Duty well, they're going to sell I was surprised that uh, you know that uh, New Horizons uh, Forbidden West gets it gets yeah, Forbidden West gets bodied by another open yeah, world game Dunkey, he was like this. I'll just remember this as the game that came out before Elden Ring and I was like oh my gosh. I mean, they got, uh, what was the first? Zero Dawn was the game that came out before Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said, too. Yeah. It's like, it's, oh, what a, what a diss. And, but... to, and to be fair, Horizon is good, but Oh, yeah, still... it's beautiful, but then, you know, yeah, Elden Ring is just, it's, it's killing it right now, it's... which is very exciting. I'll let that be a segue to me, Ooh. if you're cool with that. Well, Do you have anything I'm... else you want to throw in there? Sorry. Well, I was just or saying, there's just, Sorry. no, literally, it's probably just two more things, but, uh, that. I'm right now going, trying to romance Pan Am, but mm -hmm. I was like, there's not a lot of options, you know? There's only a few for male V. It's um, Pan Am and Carrie. And, so. and I think you can do a little something with, like, Rogue. Uh, kind of. Yeah, kind the, of. But that's for every V. Yeah. Because technically... Oh, not, yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's like, but I, in my head, I was like, man, I wish there was just, like, some, like, like cutesy, like... Like anime girl, <laughs> like friggin'. Why does it? Why are all these so like, like have such like dark and like damaged? Because like, it's cyberpunk. I know. You really but expect I just, people to be. I know. Be all right up here in in a fucking just dark I know, utopia. I know. I know. I just was like in my head. I was like, I just honestly. Pan Am's like Pan Am's like, 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 like hi. Pan Am's Hi, Pan Am is like the only like mentally okay one out of all of them. Yeah. I well, get River's it. cool, but like like. Uh, Judy's going through oh, some Judy's of her things. Definitely, she's, she's going through some things. <laughs> Carrie's suicidal, oh, so it's, yeah. it's full on, just like well, shit. Uh -huh. um, so you have like all these like problems. Pan Am's just like, I just don't know what I want to do with my life. I guess like so. I, I disagree with you know you know with you know a lot of the rules and like that's it. Yeah, I just in my head I go like, can I just go to like a cyber bar and 
made a nice cyber chick <laughs> go to a, like a cyber karaoke bar and or like a, a ramen a hot did you, pot place. And... Did you uh did you do the one night stand with Meredith? No, I didn't. I didn't know yeah, that was an option. I did. I did. Cause it's, cause you get a really nice dildo bat weapon yeah. out of that. It's actually really? a pretty good weapon. Oh my gosh, that's kind of scary. Uh, but no, Very good for early game. The, uh, uh, the other thing that was really interesting while playing is there was a part while when I was playing on my my old Xbox. There was this mission, and like halfway, like I destroyed the the glitter factory, and it would not like nothing would trigger. Like I did it, I blew up everything, and and nothing would happen. And so I was playing it, and I was like, oh, there's a mission. I, was, I ran through it, I went through it, and I was like sneaking around. I was like, there are dead bodies everywhere. And then it was like, oh, just leave the glitter factory. And I was like, what? Oh, this it, the game like fixed itself. Yeah. With the new update and my new Xbox, it was like, yeah, you you finished it, but your old Xbox was just and the old game files were just screwed up. And it, so I literally went in and like was like, there's dead bodies everywhere. And I went into the room and it was like, objective complete. You destroyed the glitter factory. Now leave. And I was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> so it's just as interesting that it's running really well for me. So. It's running really well for a lot of people. There's still problems, and I think some people are still going to be upset at like some features that were promised are not going to be in there. Yeah, but I think they're on the right path. But we'll we'll see. I think realistically, the test of time is going to be when they actually put out content mm-hmm. like a DLC, like a Heart of Stone or Blood of Wine yeah. type thing for that. And who knows how many they do for it? But hopefully a lot because I I really enjoy it, and I know there are people that are really enjoying it, but. I want to hear about your connection to uh, Elden Ring. So Elden Ring, it's it's very interesting because the game is both, it's more souls, so if you like that, cool, but also it is, it's one of the few open world games in like recent years that I, that at first I had to get used to this because I'm so used to open world games be like, yeah, go here. Okay, now go here. Now go here. It just goes, go, explore. And I'm like, at first I was like, oh, that's very daunting. But now I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to run around. And like, it it really molds well with the Dark Souls combat of you just keep fighting, keep killing enemies, gain souls, earn this one runes, and like level up your character. So when you go to a next boss fight, you've probably just kept trying and killing all the enemies around you in an area that you're like, okay, well now I can go to the next, you know, bonfire or in this one, Grace Pool or whatever the fuck. And it, it, it's really well done and you can see all of the like how FromSoft evolves each game. So like Dark Souls 1 obviously is the way it is. It's it evolved from Demon Souls. Dark Souls 2 was made by somebody else. So it wasn't Miyazaki and his team. It was just kind of a new thing. But Dark Souls 3 came after Bloodborne, which you could see how Bloodborne affected Dark Souls 3. You go from Dark Souls 3 to Sekiro and you can see how Dark Souls 3 kind of pushed into where Sekiro was. But Sekiro was faster. And then you go to, to this one, Elden Ring, and you can see everything from Sekiro's like stealth and like jumping yeah, around I was mechanic. Say jumping. Everyone everyone's been like loving the fact that you yeah. can jump. Like the jump button, the stealth, like actually playing stealthily in, in this game is really fun. Um they did take away like cause you know like you could backstab if you got right in the correct yeah. area. So this one you have to dodge out of the way in combat to do it. So you can't just do it. And be in like in the open world, which is great because you don't you're not locked into an animation. So if you're if you backstab somebody and someone sees you and you're locked in that information, they could just kill you. Yeah. But this one, um, you you can kind of just go around. The my favorite thing is the abilities. So certain we- weapons will have abilities attached to it, and, that, and you activate with the left trigger. The the samurai sword, 
uh, you sheath it and like hold it, and when you release it, they like fling it up right at like you you just swipe right out of the sheath. Oh, that's so. It's cool. the sickest shit. Um, I was using the pole arm, and that one like you charge it up and just like ram it through. I okay, and, like, yeah, I've been I saw you know it's blown up on a lot of the social media. And I saw something on Instagram reels that was somebody had one that was like a crazy charge up and it like they were like trying to time it perfectly and then it was like some crazy uppercut and with like fire hands or something my favorite i've seen that i want to get so bad is the uh the like bow and arrow one where you can you can just form a like corporeal energy bow and just shoot a giant energy arrow at enemies and i'm like it's the coolest looking thing i showed bj a a while where i'm like that is she looks so cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I saw that. It was on TikTok, right? Yeah. I saw it from yeah, and I'm like, that I want that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But yeah, so that adds more to the combat. You can now because you can jump. A good way to stagger enemies is to jump and heavy attack downward, and so then they're staggered. And now you, it's not just a backstab. You can do like a critical attack right in front. Okay. So yeah, the combat has been evolved from Dark Souls One, like all the way to this one. It's really good. Yeah. I it's mean, still it's, difficult, I'm sure, because we were on the mic the other night, and you could hear me just going like, fuck, shit, yeah. god dang it. So it's still I mean, very... that's good. I yeah. think that's why a lot of people like it, is it feels so rewarding mm-hmm. um, to do that. And I like my first kind of Souls-style game was um, the... Um, Star Wars? It was Star Wars, yeah. And I liked it. And I played it on a harder difficulty, and I was like, man, I gotta like really be careful. And it, uh, It's one of those... I, Jedi Fallen Order probably plays more closely like how original Dark Souls 1 plays where it is kind of backtracking and going around doing all that stuff but I'd highly recommend probably playing like if, if you want to get into the Souls games Dark Souls 3, Sekiro yeah, and I'm then too scared Eldering. man, I'm a scaredy cat they're, they're definitely worth it if you go through and you don't even, like the thing is like I, I've only beaten two of them no, yeah two of them and it's like that's fine to me. Whereas, like, I can, I'll probably won't beat Elden Ring, but I will get through enough of it where I feel like I've, I've gotten my, my money's worth out of it. Where it's like, I've I got. I bet you'll finish it. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> it's one of those where, like, I, me finishing a Souls, because that, like, once it gets to, like, like, higher level stuff, it's very much into, like, what builds you have, what weapons you're going to find, and all this other stuff. So, like, it gets way more tedious mm-hmm. later games. I, I we'll see if Elden Ring changes, but that's kind of why I, do, I dropped off of like most of the Souls games. Bloodborne was just really fun that I was like, I want to sit through this. Yeah. And then Sekiro, the trick arm shit. So like I'm running around attacking and then just like flinging fire at somebody. It was cool. So yeah, I, 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 yeah. I thought Sekiro was a real cool one. But other than that, I've been playing more Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm not that much farther just because Elden Ring showed up. <laughs> but I will be finishing that probably sooner rather than later, so me and BJ can do our podcast on that one. And uh, I'm putting Cyberpunk on hold until I can like really dedicate some time to it, and then I'm gonna do a full playthrough all the way through just to have like a save file to use for DLCs. Hmm. And then, yeah, I mainly just been playing some indie stuff, playing more Death Store, which is kind of a Souls-like indie game. Very good. It's on Game Pass. You should check it out. And uh, I played. Played more Pokemon Legends Arceus, and uh, it's really fun. Have Spend you more... tried the update content yet? No, I've I still haven't beaten Legends Arceus, and so I'm kind of in that mood where I'm like, I'll if it shows up as I'm playing, I'll do it. But like, I'm trying to just beat the main game. Yeah, I first. Feel that. I still don't have a full Pokedex, but I'm creeping towards it, and then I'll finally be able to find Arceus himself. 
Yeah, because don't you have to collect everything first for him? Yeah. Yep. Even if you go through the, the post credit story bits, it's like, all right, you did it. Now go find all the Pokemon. I already told you this. So I'll get there eventually. So what about you, BJ? Well, uh, I played through all of Xenoblade Chronicles and uh, Future Connected. I did that, which is the extra story in Xenoblade. And then I restarted it and played through uh, the um, the first couple chapters again just to like refresh my mind on it. And then uh, after that was done, I was like, well, fuck, Xenoblade 3 doesn't come out until like June or something. September, I think. Jeez. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a while. Um, so I just started playing Subnautica again. Um, and I, I really do love that game, but I fucking hate how much it crashes. Uh, you playing the Switch version? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they did release a bunch of fixes, so building the moon pool was fine. I built two for the prawn suit and for the sea moth, and I was like, okay, one of these is just going to crash the whole game. So I saved like 15 times before I did it, and then built them both, and it was fine. And I was like, all right, sick. Everything is fine. Built my prawn suit, spent a couple hours trying to get all the ingredients for that, and then I was down into the deep ocean part, and I was just jumping around looking for stuff, and then it decided to crash. Dang. So Have I you ever lost... seen, uh, like, GDQ, like, speedruns of Subnautica? No. Crazy. They actually, yeah, they're actually pretty insane. Yeah. I need to see that. I, uh, I have a friend that was part of, like, the beta test for it. Okay. And uh, he was telling me about all this stuff that was in there that they cut out. And uh, I really like the interesting lore in that game. That's the only thing that I'll actually go through a menu and look at lore bits for. Um, so if you have the opportunity to play it on anything but Switch, I highly recommend that. <laughs> and the uh, there's a there's like a sequel below zero, which is like an Antarctic climate where you have. Oh, to I like, thought that was just like a DLC. It's it, like a full game, be, but it's full. Okay. the way the way they talk about it is like full game. Because if you if you if you go to like GameStop right now. You can buy a physical copy of Below Zero, and oh. it's like just there you go, you're good. You but go. I think I think it's like the, it's like if they released Blood and Wine as its own thing, where it's like oh you can play this, but Witcher Three is there as well, kind of like that where it's it's probably a DLC, but they release it standalone. Okay. Yeah, it, it does have the content of a full game because there's wholly new vehicles. You're not even playing with the like uh, same area. Yeah, it's different area, same planet, but it's different biomes and stuff. There's actually other people in this one, so there's like story and cutscenes. Whoa! Um, different creatures, different whole different equipment. Like even your scanner is different because it's a different company that you're working for. Oh dang! It feels like Below Zero is like the 1.0, where Subnautica itself was like the beta. You know what I mean? Yeah, th- I think that is pretty much how it went. Because uh, the original has a lot of problems that Sub uh, Below Zero actually fixes. So I'd, I'd really recommend both of them. But uh, besides that, I haven't really been playing much. I've just been watching like comfort movies over and over again. I've seen Crazy Rich Asians maybe six times now. Dang. in the last Crying week. each time? Uh, yeah. Does it also At make least... you feel really poor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know why all my comfort movies just make me feel like trash. But like it's that. Um, Sometimes it's a good therapeutic thing just to hey, kind of get it out, you know? There's, that's, a, that's there's true. a movie that... That I, I re- there's a movie that I realized that came on, I think it's on HBO Max that I love. Have you ever seen Billy Elliot? No. That'll make I'm you not. cry. Okay, it's just a good movie about a young boy who has passions that his father disapproves of. And then, yeah, it's just a great little story, but a uh, really great little movie. movie. And it's funny and, you know, sad and happy. So, but yeah, that train spotting, 
Marriage okay. Story. Marriage Story. All these movies Man. that are just designed marriage to Marriage Story's good, like, though. Yeah, like, I love Marriage it's, Story. It's like, it was a it's, good one. It's, it cuts you deep. It's oh, it acting does. Acting yeah, Oh, my gosh. Incredible. I think that was like people realized... You know, because when people saw Adam Driver, they're like, oh, he's just Star Wars guy that's yeah. really angry with his own feelings. And it really showcased what a great actor he was um, and just the depth of the roles that he, he plays. Yeah, I would love to see. I still haven't seen um, Black Klansman. Great I, movie. I really want to see that great one. Great movie. I looked it up on HBO the other day, and I think it was like, you have to rent this. And I was like, well, fuck, I'll have to find a DVD or something. But I really want to see that one next. But I uh, haven't really been up to much. Yeah, Black Landsman, honestly, very solid movie, and it's it, it reminds me because I I want to know the behind the scenes for that movie because I don't know if y'all saw the uh, the interview where Jamie Fox was talking about uh, Django Unchained and how like Leonardo was like very like oh, I don't you know just saying this word is very you know uncomfortable mm-hmm. and and the the way Jamie Fox gets into it. Well, no, Jamie Fox is like, hey, look, like when when the cameras are on, like you know this you know, we're not, we're not friends. We're not, you know, it's another job. You know, we're, and he, he pointed like to him and Samuel Jackson is like, we're, we're property. Like we're this, like, this is, this is, the, you know, you play the role. Mm-hmm. And the next day he comes in and James is like, what's up, Leo? Not a word. And he's like, Damn. What's, what's good, Leo? Nothing. And then camera's rolling. Boom. Yeah. No hesitation. And it's just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know him cutting his hand on that glass? Yeah. Re- and rubbing it on her face? Well, no, no. Yeah. Oh, my that, God. That part's fake. That, the, the well, because they, 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 the original scene didn't have him do that. Oh. Um, because yeah, sanitary yeah. reasons. Yeah. Oh, dang. But, um, but, yeah, I do know that. Yeah, he, he actually, actually cut his hand. hand. And apparently, like, I love Jimmy Fox's reaction. He goes, yeah, everybody was like. <laughs> he's like, yeah, like, like uh, uh, Quentin was like, like looking at the camera and like. Like looked away from the camera to like look at Leo, and just Leo just kept going like with his hand bleeding, and like everybody's sitting there going, do, 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 we, "Do we keep going? Like what? What? What the hell?" Yeah, that's crazy. Fucking he committed. Incredible. Oh, it's such a good movie. He's working hard for that. That, uh, that Oscar. Oscar. Oscar that he left at a restaurant after go- winning one for Revenant. Really? Yeah, he left it at the fucking restaurant. But um, yeah. So anything anything else you guys been doing this week? I know unless you want to talk a little bit about Black Clover. Oh yeah, we uh, last week we watched one episode of Black Clover, and I was like, "This is the dopest <laughs> shit ever." So I went home and read seventy chapters of the manga. Seventy. Then, oh 70. my gosh! And then I went out and bought this uh, black sweatshirt that I'm currently wearing and some bleach, and bleached the black bulls emblem onto the front, and then the the five leaf clover on the back. Dang. Uh, so I'm I'm hardcore getting into that right that now. That was it's so funny because then I was like, man, this this sucks. I need this need this to get like I need someone to die. And then I called it. I was like, watch, he he doesn't have any powers, and and he's gonna get powers though, and it's gonna be like some demon powers, but he's gonna use it for good because he's got a good heart. And then that's exactly what happened. Yep. To be to be fair, Black Clover is ve- it, it doesn't really do a lot like new, uh-huh. but but it it really but what it does all the old shit it copies it does really solid. And I yeah I've heard that so. it's very uh, like underrated and that's really good. So it, I, I'm I'm willing to watch some more. But I just it's it's the same thing with the beginning of Jujutsu Kaisen where it's just it's shown in shit you've seen before but really good. Mm-hmm. But then it's like one once he's hooked once or he she whoever Geji considers themselves uh, once they hook you. That's when they go. Okay, but like, what if, what if we we, if we sprinkle in a little bit of a little bit of suspense, a little bit of death, a little bit of whatever? And you're like, well, hold on, this is a shonen. All the characters are supposed to survive to the end. And he's and he's like, yeah, are they? Are they really? 
Like, uh, yeah, what for some reason, like I need, I need in the first like three episodes someone to die horrifically or something really messed up to happen, and and or else I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> well, it's a slow build until some serious shit starts going on. I think a lot of animes do that. They're like, we need to crank it up to keep them to keep people interested or to just like throw them off, you know? Well, like because case in point, like you watch Naruto and like. Yeah, its first episode is really cool because he learns shadow clone jutsu. But then after that, it's just all right. Do little ninja jobs, I guess, for a bit, and then you go. Then you can go fight this cool swordsman. But then just do more ninja shit again, and then yeah. just, you know. Speaking it, of which, in the second to second to latest arc that I've been reading, Asta literally uses shadow clone jutsu with that motherfucker's mirror magic. Nice. And uh, it's it's an it's, it was really like a fever dream because it felt like I was just reading Naruto again. I'm actually very excited to hear what you guys. Either, whether we watch the movie first or, or or the actual show first, Jujutsu Kaisen, I'm really excited to hear what you guys say about that. Just because of how the direction of how they do those fight scenes and like the way it's animated is very good. Because I think you'd both like it. That and then uh, we'll we'll all watch Chainsaw Man when that pops down. Yeah, that looks out. awesome. Yes, <laughs> me me and BJ, I got him to read it. I know, and I then yeah, so we're we're both excited for that sense, and then you just have seen the trailer, so yeah, yeah, but yeah, so before we get into our main topic, there's realistically two new stories. One that I really want to talk about because it'll, I want to hear your perspective on this map, and the other because it just happened. But um, the first news story, uh, it's not been outwardly confirmed, but apparently, Call of Duty is going to be skipping 2023. And it'll be the first time we don't get a yearly Call of Duty. Good. In almost, like, since the PS2. Good. Yeah. I've, I've said this on the podcast. They need to stop with that that schedule. It's... Because think about when, like, they actually drop a good game and good content, how much longer people play that for. Like, Modern Warfare 2, people were playing for so long. And then Warzone is, like, builds off of that same thing. And they're just adding content from... Uh, Black Ops and Vanguard and all that kind of stuff and, and it's good you know it's from well, that the, base Modern Warfare I don't know when it became the mentality but like when Modern Warfare 2 was out they were still supporting that game even when Black Ops and the other games came out until Modern Warfare 3 Dude, I remember and how it's bug, like, buggy like uh, Black Ops was mm. and I was like screw this man Modern Warfare is so much better It. I'm, I'm actually glad because they're launching the new Modern Warfare 2 this year and that's the one that's going to get a full extra year of content that's supposed to coincide with them doing, oh, second Warzone or an update for Warzone. Like the big, like, we're going to make it a new thing. Yeah. So it'll hopefully be like 2019 again with Call of Duty because I actually liked Modern, the newer Modern Warfare. Yeah. And I loved Warzone when it, like, popped off. Yeah. It was, so I'm hoping we stick to that. Like, because case in point, when Assassin's Creed took a year off and then came back with Origins, it popped off again. People were like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. cool, I'm excited for yeah, Assassin's it keeps Creed you, it, again. It kind of creates a hunger. Yeah, because, like, yeah, sure, I could keep playing these games every year and get, like, you know, solid 7 out of 10s games, but, like, you take some year, take some time, that 7 could turn to an 8, 9, or 10. I mean, make it, even, like, an excellent like game. as terrible as the launch and the current state of, of Battlefield, you know, that, that people, that wait, people, like eat it up people it gets so much hype and about when like waiting for these games yeah i mean look at what FromSoft is doing like that's the polar opposite of what i think call of duty's been up to like every time they release a game they take you know several years to see what people liked 
see what they like to do and how they can implement new things. And then the next one comes out and everybody's super hyped. It's a fucking banger every time. And then now we've evolved that formula up to the Elden Ring point and everyone, even people that have never played Souls are jumping in and they're like, this is amazing. Yeah. So if Call of Duty could figure that out, I think it would be great, but they got dollar signs in their eyes. So. Well, I think part of me is wondering how much of this is like, Microsoft, not because they don't own them yet, so they can't really make those decisions. But I wonder if they're trying to make Activision look way better than it was. So that way, when Microsoft, because if I think I think one of the clauses is that if if Bobby Kodak can hand the company off in a really good state, he gets even more money when he leaves. So if he leaves, well, he's probably leaving. But like, yeah. So if he's leaving that company, he wants it to look pretty when he hands it off to Phil Spencer and his team before he dips out. So I wonder if that's part of it where he's like, yeah, give that, give that call to you. Cause it's, it's money that he doesn't need anymore. Like he's going to get a shit zillion dollars anyway. Yeah. That it's now it's like, he, he doesn't care if that game gets delayed a year. Cause it's like, I, that's not cause he's getting paid regardless. Yeah. But I also feel like, I mean, it's true that, that there are like schmucks in, in like the business side of like video games. But I, I also feel like, a lot of these people are are not just gonna like like oh well if i'm leaving then fuck everybody else and just like i'm gonna burn it to the ground and you know i think a lot of these professionals want to leave stuff in good states um especially if they're wanting you know future employment other where or elsewhere so bobby codex an interesting one because like we can call him a piece of shit all he wants for the way he ran activision but like he saved that company Mm -hmm. when he came in because activision was gonna fucking die then he came in whipped it into shape and then I mean, he's the reason they, they got King. He's the reason they got, you know, Blizzard. It's like he made it what it was. Granted, for better and for worse. Yeah. You know, sexual allegations and all, but like... I mean, yeah, and that's all... I'm not saying that's, yeah. that's not Well, no, bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like... Yeah. So, but I figured I'd bring that story up because, you know, you being, you know, having like Battlefield and like, you know, FPS more so than at least me yeah. and BJ... I'm very interested in how how you thought of that, like thought of that news, and like what you think they could do from this point. Because like, how many studios work on these fucking games? Where like maybe them splitting off? It's like, well, okay, well we don't need this studio working on a Call of Duty game this year because they're not really needed for the help. They have the extra time. Mm-hmm. You can go make a Banjo Kazooie game. You can go make this or whatever. Like here, do this. Yeah. High Moon Studios made a Deadpool game years ago. Make let them do another one. Oh, yeah. That's the one where he like they he like breaks the fourth wall and, like talks to the player through the yeah. screen. Yeah, that's great. He he talks to himself because it's Nolan North voices Deadpool, and then he he literally gets a phone call and calls Nolan North. It's like Nolan, baby, how you how you feel about this game deal we we signed? And he's like, oh, I'm very excited for it. you know. I think we could do like you know something really good about you know his softer side. You know, maybe maybe have him question some things. And and uh, Nolan as Deadpool's like, yeah, suck my dick. <laughs> Hangs the phone up and then goes and like literally to the camera and be like fucking voice actors am I right mm-hmm. and I'm like ah, it's so it's so fun it's not necessarily the best game but it's a really fun one but uh yeah another news thing this will be the last one because you know we don't really have much else to say about it but new Pokemon games got announced yeah right. brand new generation gen 9 uh speaking of a game series that could use a fucking year off yeah they just released legends in January and now we're getting we're probably getting these Pokemon games in November it, like, it, if it's the same formula, but they add in gym battles and shit, then I'll buy fucking four copies. I don't give a shit. Did you see? What do you, what do you think about the starters? So we got. I like them. Yeah, you got the like. 
I like them. Did you see some people freaking out because the fire starter doesn't coexist with that zodiac sign theory or whatever? Because each fire starter was apparently a, a animal in the zodiac, the Chinese zodiac calendar, and now it's not. Oh, the no. new fire starter you, ruined you, it, and they're like, "What the fuck?" You can't do that forever, too. They're probably like, "All right, we're just we can't, run we can't keep yeah. doing this." <laughs> it's a pepper crocodile. Calm down. See, I thought I it was an it. apple. Huh? I thought it was an apple. Everybody did, but I mean, it's. It's very like heavily inspired. It's by, a fucking like, dude. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever in Pokemon ever chosen water type starter ever. You were missing out on some of them. I, I know, I know, but I I've always gone uh, fire and leaf. Yeah, that's interesting because I generally have always chosen water. Wow, because <gasps> they they're powerhouses once you build them up. I I've typically been the fire guy until probably. Gen 5 onward. So, like, black and white, I picked Oshawott. X and Y, I picked Froakie. Uh, Sun and Moon, I... I forget who I picked in that one. I think I went with Litten on that. Yeah, no, I went... So, I've been mainly Fire, and then I pick uh, a Water here and there. I don't... But, yeah, I've never actively, like, picked a Grass-type. I don't know what it is. Do you think the Grass-type starter is going to look like a sexy furry? When it fully evolves, I hope not. I just, dude, my my favorite post. I was on Reddit and literally somebody took a picture of the cat and put tape on the paws and say, "These stay on the ground." Game freak. God dang it! They're like, please give us one cat that doesn't stand up and look sexy. Dear God, give me Incineroar stoner girlfriend. Yeah, everybody's like, I, people are saying like, oh yeah, because it's a grass kitten, it's gonna be fucking you know weed jokes all day. Oh yeah. I'm I'm more interested. So they just they showed off the the protagonists, and I don't understand Pokemon's thing about these characters' ages. Like, just let us pick the age, I guess, at this point. Because like, OG Red and Blue, ten years old. Gold and Silver, they're eleven. You go to a, a uh, Emerald and that those are about fourteen, fifteen. Go to you know Diamond and Pearl, about the same age. Black and White, sixteen. They're just sixteen year olds. Black and White too. They are like eighteen now. X and Y, about the same age. Go back to Sun and Moon. We're back to being eleven, baby. Back in. Uh, I bet. Was... I bet it's just like a like they all they like draw like something out of a hat and they're like, oh, I guess they're gonna be thirteen this time. Well, it's it's interesting because because I don't think it it should matter. It really doesn't. But like, part of me wants just like, can I just play as my age in these games? Can I just be a fat a fat like yeah like, lonely guy? Let me Come be a, like well no could you Pick. imagine could you imagine like how people would react to that like granted it would take effort on Game Freak's part but like if you're like a thirty year old starting your Pokemon adventure just people going you're like yeah like me and my big gut yeah <laughs> well it'd be a bunch of the trainers being like damn you're old you're just now getting a Pokemon and then you kick their ass and they're <laughs> like I'm so sorry <laughs> I think a lot of these like complaints could be done away with with just a little bit slightly more robust character creator yeah like just add a height slider and maybe a weight slider in yeah. there and boom it's small things that Game Freak just won't do yeah it, t- it took us, what, how long to, to let us, like, evolve when we want? Like, yeah, in the new, in the new game. this year. Yeah, this year. You c- when a Pokemon is ready to evolve, it won't just start evolving. It'll say, yeah, you can evolve that whenever you want. That's awesome. And I'm like, why the fuck was this not here, like, two, like fucking ten years ago? It's yeah. so weird. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for them. We'll see, we'll see where they go. It's, it, the textures on the Pokemon look cooler, too, like, when they yeah, have fur, they actually have fur. Scaly, like snake-looking motherfuckers actually look 
kind of slimy and gross. Mm-hmm. Magnemite had like a metal sheen to him, which is really dope. So it's it seems it seems like it, it'll <laughs> if you want to like get the real you know graphic like. If, honestly, if you just wanted to wait every five years for a new Pokemon game, you'll get a graphic upgrade each time. Like, oh, you played X and Y on the 3DS? Well, now you're playing the new Scarlet and whatever. Now it looks like a real jump in graphics. Yeah. Because it, it's so weird that, like... Because that team's not that big. Like, they, they literally outsourced the remake for Diamond and Pearl. So, like, they didn't even make that. They were just like, yeah, you make that. Oh. And then and then they made Legends Arceus, and now they're doing this. So what, What's this new one called? Uh, Scarlet and Violet. Oh, that's right. But yeah, new Pokemon games. So there you go. But yeah, so well, we actually. The best. I think it's ironic that they basically just called them Red and Blue again, but with a little bit of deniability. A little <laughs> variation. Let's see how much Kanto pandering because they didn't have really much any in Legends. There was Pikachu in the trailer, and they're all harping on the 25 years of Pokemon. So I think there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so today we actually have um, a topic that Matt uh, kind of let us canceled. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're gonna be talking about canceled video games. Well, there's a, a a couple of podcasts. Well, just one that gave me the idea. They all like what they did is they came, they had like a topic, and they all came uh, with like stories about that topic, and so and they shared it. And so each person like. You got to the people. Other people in the podcast got to learn. I just thought it'd be really interesting to like learn about something obscure um, that like all of us don't know about, and one person you know gets to tell us you know something cool like that. So I just thought it'd be something fun. I've been excited about it. Me too. This told me the idea. The one that I picked, I it keeps it kept on getting crazier to me, Um, and it was just it's a little bit of a twist on kind of the game because I there's also like. There was never any games that I played that I learned about a game, like a, like a one-off that got canceled. It's like all the games I like were the ones that were made, and I really didn't... I, di- I didn't really, like, care or know about anything else. So I didn't, like... I had nowhere to, like, start from. And so I just yeah. would watch, like, compilation videos of, like, canceled games. And uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, who would like to go first for this one? I don't want to go first. I feel like because mine's like not like traditionally canceled. Well, I can I can go first because okay, cool. I'll do a traditionally canceled game. Perfect. So back in 2013, a company known as Platinum Games, uh, I guess, got in contact with a company known as Xbox, and this was back you know when Microsoft was making some real shit decisions with the Xbox One. And so they're like, hey, we want you to make a, an exclusive game for our system. Platinum being Platinum, they just kind of take the money and go where they need to go. Like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so they started making a game. Now, what makes this interesting is Platinum Games is led by uh, Kamiya, who is the creator of Devil May Cry back on the PS2, and also the creator of Bayonetta. So they are known for the action combat. Okay. They did. Did Earth. they do both like of the Devil May Cry's? So no, they did Devil May Cry one, one. and then Kamiya dipped out, and okay. then it just got handed off to somebody okay. else. Um, but when he made Platinum, they made Bayonetta, which was like their big hit. They made Vanquish. They did a couple like like the TMNT game, a Transformers Devastation. They did Near Automata with Square Enix, uh, Metal Gear Rising with Kojima and his team. Oh, okay. So they they they're big on action. That's been their biggest driving like force of and they've done a lot and like are successful 
Yeah, Astral Chain was the big one for the Switch. Obviously, Bayonetta 2 came out for the Wii U. And then Scalebound is going to be their next big one. Um, the problem was the the team wasn't really used to, I think, the engine they were working on, which I, I couldn't find what exactly the engine was. But they weren't used to the engine, and they weren't used to the Xbox's infrastructure and how to develop. Because this will be the, their first time to really, really developing for an Xbox. Because, like, all their other games, they developed and then had people help porting them. So, like, Transformers Devastation and, um, and, and like, those games that launched, like, cross-platform. They developed the base game for, I think, PC was first. And then they got ported with, like, help from the developer, publisher, whoever was helping them out. But, yeah, so Scalebound was this idea that apparently is Kamiya's dream game. So he still wants to make it to the point where, as of recently, he's publicly called Phil Spencer, like, in interviews saying, come on, we'll do it. We'll go back and do it. So it might not be canceled at some point. There you go. But um, it was about... it. We still don't know what the game was about, but what the trailers that we saw were, like, this white-haired dude with, like, you know, like, a headphones, and he's got this cool dragon arm and a sword... And he's, like, attacking enemies, but you have this dragon companion with you who you can ride and fight with and do all this other stuff. And it's that, you know, action game combat. You see, like, numbers, damage numbers, but all the cool stylish ways you can swing a sword. Um, and that was the first trailer they showed off where it's like, oh, here's what the game looks like. Ran terribly for a trailer. Like, it was it was running, like, less than 30 frames some points. Like, it was dropping to 15. Like, for a trailer, you're like, yeesh. But you're like, hey, they're working on it. It'll come out hopefully smoother. And then, you know, we keep going. You know, some radio silence. I'm just saying, hey, don't worry. Scalebound's coming. We're going we're gonna to bring it out. And uh, finally, we get this other gameplay demo where it shows off the co-op feature, which is something that Microsoft had asked for. So they were like, hey, we want you to, we want you to make this game co-op, like online co-op for up to four players. Okay. And the co-op, it, you know, they showed it off. It looked pretty cool. These big, giant, Monster Hunter-esque boss-looking thing. You can fight with your dragons, with the other four players. And it's like, oh, this game looks really cool, very interesting. And it's Platinum Games. They haven't really fucked up, except for, like, The Legend of Korra on the DS and a couple other planned games they had done for other companies. But they've been pretty good. Like, the, their track record was pretty good. And then, in 2017, Microsoft themselves say, hey, sorry, Scaleman ain't coming. And they just canceled it. Platinum Games dipped out, and I think I think at that point they probably had deals with Nintendo, so they were making like Astral Chain at that point with them. So they were they were fine, but it was it was just kind of it, it sucks because for me at the time I didn't have an Xbox One. That was my sole reason of wanting to get an Xbox One because no other game for the Xbox really captured me. I was like, yeah, Halo's cool, Gears is fine, Forza. I don't really like you know racing games back then so i was like i don't care and so it was but supposed to be it, like a, re a release title for the well xbox yeah one. like I, I think yeah like they started development in 2013 which was when the xbox released okay. so it was going but so it wasn't release title no but okay. it was going to be one of those big exclusives that xbox was like boom we've got a japanese team wanting to develop for us yeah. and stuff and it just didn't work out shit you know got fucked i mean it was bad development it was apparently bad on both ends platinum later came out and said like look we our timetable was all fucked like they weren't good at you know really adhering to some of the the deadlines microsoft was was demanding too much from them on on their front be like you know add co-op add this do this so it was just it was kind of a bad relationship on both fronts i i hear that that's actually like the story of a lot of 
a lot of games that they just get stuck in this development hell caught mm-hmm. between like the people who are developing it and then like you know the bureaucratic part of video games it, it definitely feels like because the game when when i found out it had co-op and like multiplayer i was like why it's an action game like it's a, it's like a hack and slash action game it doesn't need co-op I think that would have been the only platinum game up until that point that would have had any co-op. Too. Yeah, so it probably didn't help that they probably didn't know how the fuck to do that in a really, yeah, really interesting and, way. Yeah, but I also think the push to put that on the Xbox, it's like the Xbox is... It's the multiplayer console. Yeah, point. yeah, oh, definitely, so... Yeah, so, and and, and this also was, was going to be Platinum's first run-through in, like graphic fidelity so that's why they were pushing for graphics and probably why it looked and ran kind of shitty because for the most part they just kind of dealt with like very stylized graphics like bayonetta does not look realistic it's very much like kind of anime cartoonish um their own game wonderful 101 for the wii u is very much this like stylized thing so they haven't really done like very realistic looking stuff except for metal gear rising and that was dealt with by Kojima. Their team did all, all that shit. Platinum just did the combat. So it so they haven't had to do their own game and like really focus on a cinematic thing. They were also going to add in RPG elements to this game too. So it felt like just a bunch of shit they were trying to cram into a pot and it didn't all fit. And so they're trying to like, you know, just mash it in there. Yeah. yeah. So there's just a bunch of arguably really good ideas that just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was one of those things where, you know what, it was probably best it got canceled. I don't like, I've told you this, I don't necessarily think I, I'm hoping for this game to come back. Because I don't, I don't know if Platinum can do it. Maybe they can, maybe, maybe Microsoft Have they done whips them into shape. They did Astral Chain for oh, the yeah, Switch. You, okay. Bayonetta 3 just got announced. And they still have an unannounced game they're doing. And they have a PlayStation exclusive called Babylon's Fall, which okay. looks like shit. They <laughs> did remaster a Wii U game, The Wonderful 101. But uh, it doesn't really work as well on newer consoles because you don't have that touchscreen oh, functionality. Yeah, that was one of the main like points of that. Now too. Yeah, so they're they've always been the, their thing is they've just kind of always took on more than they can chew anyway, and it yeah, I think it caught up to them with Scalebound, and with the way they're talking about, it, they might be in hot water because they're they're talking about people buying them. They made a point to say like, yeah, if Microsoft bought us, I think we'd, we'd still be able to keep our creative freedom. And it's like, why are you talking about being bought like this? It feels very desperate. Yeah, they're they're on the corner. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, boy. <laughs> but yeah, like it. I'm I'm, a, I'm sure we're gonna see more of that. But yeah, it's kind of sad that like a lot of it is just developers who have good ideas, and then you know, publishers and producers and whoever else are just like, yeah, but what about this? Well, how about doing this? Or you know, hey, your deadline is here, and it it sometimes it just is like, well, we can't meet that deadline. Or we can't do that. It's not possible. And they try, and it just doesn't work out. I'm like, fuck it. We're not spending more money on this project. Just cut it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the first one I had was Scalebound. I, f- I figured, you know, this one's more recent, but also, like, in, at least in the news. But it's, it, yeah, for me, that was the the reason I was going to get an Xbox One back in the day. Mm-hmm. To the point where, and BJ can attest to this, my laptop at home, like my, not this one, my Microsoft one, uh, it's... It still has a picture of the scalebound protagonist and his dragon as my b- wallpaper. There you go. And I'm yeah. refusing to change it until I told myself I'm refusing to change it until something happens with it. And who knows? Who that knows? might be soon. Who knows? Somebody will pick up that chick on the corner. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yep. So uh, I guess I'll go ahead and do my first. Um, also, BJ texted us last night saying that he had 
nine pages of notes, and both Luke and I were like, what the hell? Uh, I think I even said, like, damn, I'm underprepared. <laughs> yeah. I do, but it's mostly, like, bullet points. Okay. But still, that's, it's, I, I'm, still it, a I'm not, like, ton of bullet points. I'm, I'm, I'm actually super excited. I, I love that there's a lot of effort put into well, this. I'm, I'm glad you're excited because I'm very passionate about this first one okay. because it, it actually affected me as a young man. Uh, when I was a kid, me and my sister, before school and after school, we, uh, it was right around the time we first got high-speed internet and Wi-Fi and all that stuff. So we finally had access to Netflix, like through the Xbox 360. Um, so we would pretty much wake up before school every day, watch like Sergeant Frog and like all the other weird like anime that they would put on there. Um, but one of the ones that really stuck out to me and I'd still vehemently enjoy to this day is Trigun. I am a huge Trigun fan. I've watched the movie. I've seen the series through several times. And uh, back when I was first watching it, I found out that there was a game for the PS2 called Trigun the Planet Gunsmoke. And uh, I searched for it for years. And I could not find a copy, couldn't find any information on it. The only thing that I could find was the date and the title, pretty much. So like 2002 Trigun Planet Gunsmoke. And that was like it. Um, so the... I. Recently, not recently, but within the last couple of years, I found out that it had been like canceled, but I didn't realize that uh, it kind of kickstarted another project, and that is pretty much what I'll get into. But uh, it was based on the anime and manga, but it wasn't going to follow the the story of those things. Um, the anime was actually more popular in America, and the manga was more popular in Japan. I guess because it was in a time where you know, not a lot of American readers were picking up manga, but um, it was unveiled in a 20-second clip at Sega's Game Jam event in 2002, and then they never showed anything else, never spoke about it. There's never been, like... And what year was that? 2002. Okay. And there's never been, like, a build released of, like, gameplay or anything. Um, it was originally being developed by Red Entertainment and published by Sega. Uh, it was supposed to be like a third-person shooter action game, so it. I've seen... The way that I imagine it is kind of like Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet mixed with like something from Platinum. Um, Honestly, I'm going to be completely real with you. The way that I see it is just Trigon, but it's Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely could have been that too. Uh, Yasuhiro Naitao, the creator of Trigon, created all the character designs. He wrote like the story and everything. So it would have been like an official point in the Trigon timeline. And it would have been as, as like, yeah, as good as the, yeah, having the creator on as doing, like, the development, that's, like, pretty cool and big. So, yeah, like, exactly. some studio being like, all right, we're just going to take this beloved thing and just make our own story. Exactly, because uh, just to compare it to something, the Full Metal Alchemist PS2 game, hot garbage. Yeah, no bueno. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, not very good. Um, to be fair, we've only just started getting like really good anime games. That's true, and even then, a lot of them are trash. Yeah, One Punch Man. I'm looking at you. <laughs> most of all the Sword Art Online games, I'm looking at you. That's true. Fatal Bullet's like the one that's like, oh, this is playable. Yeah, it's it's playable, but uh, the other ones are pretty hot garbage with terrible translations. Yeah. Um, but when a games reporter actually asked Sega about the game, they just said no comment, <laughs> and then that was it. Wow. Um, 
So moving on from Trigun, in the same year, 2002, Sega releases a game called Gungrave, uh, which is Red Entertainment. They also developed this. Uh, an old Western style mixed with anime, like modern aesthetic, uh, third-person shooter action game. Um, it was actually adapted into its own anime the next year in 2003. Uh, the character designs were created by Nitao, so it seems that Trigon Planet Gunsmoke was canceled, and then they just took everything from that and created a new IP out of it with Gungrave. Um, no official statement has ever been made on the subject, but I subscribe to the same theory that many fans do. Uh, at some point in development, either Red Entertainment or Nightow decided to transition the existing assets into a new game, potentially because their ideas started to be too unfitting for the Trigon universe. Uh, Gungrave would go on to receive the aforementioned anime, as well as a sequel called Gungrave Overdose. So it's pretty much the cancellation of this one game spun out into a whole other franchise in itself um, and then I have just some fun facts here about the series uh, Yasuhiro Naitao always dreamed of having action figures made of his characters and he was a huge toy collector that really enjoyed uh, McFarlane Toys specifically and then uh, a couple years down the line McFarlane Toys did make a figure of Vash the Stampede um, but the, the most well-known line of figures from Trigun is from a company called Kyoto, who also does Rebel Tech. Um, and I personally wanted this Vash figure for like years, but it's like 180 bucks. So yeah. Probably not very economical. On, on like eBay? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they, they also made just like a dedicated, like cardboard backed Trigun series of figures. Okay. And the name of that series of figures was also the Planet Gunsmoke. So that added to my, to my uh, research of like, okay, they made fucking action figures for this game. Where's the game? Where is it? And it didn't exist. Damn. Uh, he, uh, Nightow is a huge fan of American uh, comic books, uh, specifically Venom. And there is a character in Trigun that is like heavily based on Venom. Uh, his name is Monev the Gale. And the design is very like 90s comic book. Did you say Monev? Monev, yes. The Gale? The Gale. Is that just Venom backwards? Yes, it is. That's, <laughs> wow, I, I wasn't I, even I, thinking about I that. I heard that, and I went, oh, and then I went, literally, I literally said, oh, what if you just named it Venom backwards? And then I went, wait a minute. That's some, that's some Pokemon yeah. shit right there. Yeah, like Muck. Muck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Ekans. <laughs> well, you got to stroke the Ekans to get the Muck. Oh, my gosh. Uh... <laughs> And then the last one doesn't have as much to do with the game, but um, there's this band called Four Years Strong that released a song called Vash the Stampede, and oh. it's right up my alley. Very, like, early 2000s butt rock shit. I highly recommend everybody check that out. Yeah, I'd love Four, that. Four Years Strong was is, like, in that same vein as, like, A Day to Remember, where it's pop punk, but they'll scream occasionally. Oh, yeah. breakdowns. Some, like, and jet, yeah. uh, red jumpsuit apparatus kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's that same vein, yeah. Right up my alley. I, I, I wanted to, to piggyback off that because um, I like the idea of like, oh, the Trigun just kind of quit and became something else. Because that, that, that brings up, because me and Matt talked about this when we were playing Xbox the other night. We're like, yeah, PT turning into Death Stranding pretty much because it's like, ah. Oh. See, I, and what makes me like, I think 
I would have enjoyed PT more more than ha- what I've seen of or like of Death Stranding. You know, it's like, I, it's I like, would enjoy PT more than Death Stranding. Yeah. So more than hiking simulator. Yeah, I would rather play a dedicated horror game than walk across a mountain. But the whole behind that, where it just showed up on the PlayStation Store as a demo, is just such a great. It's just so good. And then there and then you see like all these other knockoff, uh, like horror indie horror games that are all just trying like, to emulate. Yeah, that. just like the repeating hallways, and it's like it was so well done. It was so cool. There's a team that's actually working on converting that to VR now. <gasps> no, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm all down for it. Was it not available for PSVR? I, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't no. think it was made for it. I mean, it oh, just dropped as that like little demo. It's such an interesting because you can actually go buy a PlayStation that has it installed for a shit ton of yeah, money. Yeah, that's what it's because yeah. he like he removed it. They, he didn't want anything or anybody to have like he tried to yeah, like wipe it from Kojima. The- Kojima and Konami had that terrible relationship because it was during like PT came out. Was it during Five's development for Metal Gear? Um, no, it was it was after five because I think it was 2017 that that dropped. Yeah, so Metal Gear Five, like, well, it's a fun game and pretty good, but it's like that had that was like changed so much from what Kojima wanted to do and what he like had his vision for. Cut out the whole last third of the game. Yeah, it's where like it just became like Konami was very much like, no, 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 you have to do some kind of generic action shit here and there. It's got to be open world. Like, there's a bunch of things where it's like. Very clearly, Kojima did not want to do, but he was like, you have to, or you're fired, or whatever the fuck it was. And so that left a sour taste in his mouth, and then he, he decides, he, oh, he's going to make a Silent Hill game. But let's, 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 let's show people what I got with this little demo. That was going to, it was pretty much leads right into Silent Hill, because then, you know, as the demo ends, yeah, yeah, he's walking Norman, into Reedus, the town. Norman Reedus looks out, and yeah, it's like, into boom, the you're fog. Like, oh, fuck, it's Silent yeah. Hill. And, um... Still to this day, it would have been such a great game to have because I want Kojima to do a Silent Hill game. That sounds so great. Yeah. But, you know, he made his, what, his dream game what, Death Stranding uh, with When that. we were watching the Game Awards, weren't we, wasn't there a Kojima game that that came up and I was like, is it, is it Silent Hill? It wasn't, uh, it wasn't Kojima, but it was the guy that created Silent Hill. And it said, you guys, from the creator of Silent Hill. And we were like, all right, pause it. Yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah, I, I was, in, I was the in the bathroom and they were like, fuck, pause it, pause it. <laughs> Oh, I wish. That was, that was that was a great night because we were all just like by the end of it, like oh, that was a game awards, I guess. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> it just I forgot how long it lasted. We were all pretty, Dragged we were so all really tired. So it was it was not meant to be that. Like I think the years previous were not that long. Yeah, so many shooter announcements at the end there. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple ones that were exciting. Um, Star Wars. Star Wars. That's the biggest one that comes to mind. Well, I cannot wait to see how David Cage tries to make space res- racism sound good. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, space, spaceism. All right, Matt. All right. So, kind of, this game has to do with like the now the common societal being canceled, um, and I kind of went. That's the route that this one kind of goes towards. Um, and this also like dives deep into the history of like, I mean, the reasons why my parents were so hard. Like it was so hard for them to get me a, a, a gaming system. My first gaming system was a, a GameCube. They were worried that it was gonna, I was gonna be addicted, but it definitely was, and that I was gonna be like violent. Mm-hmm. And so the game I'm talking about is Manhunt Two. And so the first Manhunt came out in, in 2003. And just to like preface it, it was made by Rockstar, so GTA. Um, and back when Rockstar made more than one game, yeah, exactly. And so 
It was like a psychological horror, like um, sneaky game, kind of like a you know Hitman, but you're you know it's a horror too, like a horror stealth. Yes, type of thing. exactly. And so, Cause it was, cause if I remember correctly, Manhunt is like you're playing as like a legitimate crazy person. And like all the yeah, like the people you're killing are like technically just regular ass people, but you're you're going insane. Yeah. And yeah. So, so the there's a quote from the uh, like the developers that after like the you know they they quit or you know moved on that every pretty much everybody at the uh, the studio was like felt uncomfortable making this game. Really. Yes. That they all felt icky having to like animate and like do sound design for a bunch of this stuff. And so. After the first Manhunt came out in 2003, in 2004, in the UK, um, a kid, uh, 14-year-old named Stefan uh, Pecorita, or Pecorita, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, um, was murdered by his 17-year-old friend, Warren LeBlanc, um, with a hammer. And rumors started like coming around where the parents were like, oh yeah, like Warren, he loves Manhunt. He loves Manhunt. And they're like, the mom was like, yeah, I hear, I hear the, the, that they, he plays Manhunt nonstop. Yep. And in Manhunt, you could, like, murder people with, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't big on guns. It was more about, like, murdering them with, like, things that you found around the levels. So, like, mm-hmm. syringes, dildos, um, uh, like, hammers. And so that's where, it, and it blew up. And it was all over the news. And so, fast forward, the, the court case for this murder trial, um, it was pretty much like the defense, the judge, all the, like, everyone said Manon had nothing to do with it. And it was just like rumors, it had no claim. And so, um, so fast forward to uh, 2007. Um, and, oh, I got a bunch of papers. He's, BJ had his uh, on his phone, which I now realize is, is pretty smart. So in 2007, the um, it it right they were like announced like okay this is when it's going to be released and like two days after, people started bringing up the controversy again. So it started blowing up, um, and and so that was like already like off to a really bad start. So I feel like Rockstar is like a a veteran to that whole. Don't release it. There's controversy. Yeah, thing. yeah. Especially, oh, remember that video of the kid who like stole a car, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I played GTA. I just wanted to do it in real life and get my cigarettes." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been the reason for not releasing a GTA Six for so long. Was they're like, we don't think the the political climate's ready for a Grand Theft Auto. So, but yeah. So fuck them kids. Put it out. Yeah. Why not? And so, um. Uh, so two days, yeah, after its announcement, um, any no footage, nothing was released. They were just like, it's it's being announced. Everyone was bringing it up again, um, and so there's this this guy who's like a disbarred um, like attorney, Jack Thompson, was like led the charge against this game, um, and he was just like the biggest proponent of like getting it shut down. Um, and so he, he they, there was a bunch of lawsuits back and forth with them. That's not the interesting part. So, um, so on on June nineteenth, uh, um, less than a month before the uh, the game's worldwide release, um, it was rejected by both the uh, BBFC and the IFCO. So that's like Ireland and Britain's rating rating board. Both of them like denied it entirely. And wow. yeah, I know. So. 
that was a huge deal. Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, less than a month. And then at the same time, um, that same day, the ESRB board gave it an AO. So if people on, you know, listening, so it goes E, E, E10. Do they use E10 anymore? Or? But they did back uh, in the day. They did, yeah. yeah E10, teen. Not as much. M. Mature. And then and AO, AO, which means adults only. And that was huge. So, uh, so Walmart, fact. GameStop, and Target at that time refused to sell any AO games in their stores. So three big retailers with that AO thing would not sell it. And Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony would not let would not like let a game an AO game be played on their consoles. They still they still don't. That's one of the the things with with I think that's how they're able to sell Sony like PlayStations and stuff to anybody is because there's not AO games. Yeah, and so yeah, and so immediately they they had no. And so also at the same time, like Germany and a bunch of other games didn't even let the first Manhunt game be released at all, and so they weren't even going to try with the second one. So it was already like just like fuck. And so um, the uh, so the board they. Uh, they asked them to like blur and do other stuff. So they asked him for like four different changes and I can read a little bit about it, but blurring, uh, so the, okay, sorry. I'll, so the game is based off of, you get points and like you have to complete levels, but there's a scoring thing where the more brutal the execution, the more points you get. And so there's like ways, different levels of execution. Um, and so yeah, it like incentivized being like really graphic on these crazy executions. And so they wanted to take the scoring out, and they wanted blurring of executions. And so um, they had to make all these changes a month before the worldwide release. And so they they do it, and they try to they make some revisions. They send it to the board, um, the ESRP board, and they're like, okay, it's good. It's M. So they're all good. But then a bunch of senators, including Hillary Clinton, were like, wrote a letter, and they're like, how? Like, we need the... Um, Yes, ESRB board, like we need them to reveal why they changed it to M. Like you, they have to, because then they started going, like parents need to know that they can trust the rating systems because it was kind of internally done where they're like, you need to make a couple changes. They made some changes and they're like, okay, like it should be good. And they didn't think it was enough, these, these, these senators. And so, um, yeah, so all of that, they, they, in August, Rockstar submitted a re-edited uh, version that satisfied uh, their, the, whatever the, the board needed them to do. Um, and then later that day, a campaign for commercial-free uh, childhood um, called for a federal engagement, uh, investigation. So it started getting in these like federal investigations on how this game got passed to M. And uh, so all this is, all this is happening... And it was finally, it was pushed through. They, like, pushed through all the litigation. It was re- released um, on PSP, PS2, Wii, um, uh, on October 31st, Halloween, with the that, rating of M. That's what gets me is that Nintendo okay, still let it so, on. Which is incredible. I mean, it is, I am in disbelief. Especially at that time. Yeah. Well, what you won't understand. So then, after being, it was released, uh, the next day, uh, PSP versions, um came out because they blurred stuff out they came out with like they like hacked it and they got because it was still all in the code the game files and they got the unblurred version so then and it wasn't that hard and then a little bit after they they did the same with the Wii and um 
and so, um, yeah. So then, again, more litigation from like the uh, from a bunch of parents. So then, on the news, they started running all these at like campaigns where like the news guys would be like, "Do you know what your kids playing and how it could affect them into killers?" And so on the Wii, a game mechanic was you had to make a stabbing motion. I swear, a stabbing motion. To like build up, build up the execution until it was red, and then it would execute the highest level of execution on these people. And like, there's parts where like you would take pliers and rip off people's testicles. I mean, it is so freaking graphic. And so you think like all press is good press, but this was like ran one of the biggest like your kids. Like it was all over the news on every station. Like, what is your kid playing? And it was a little too much for them because um, at first they're like, this is the most violent video game ever, and that was kind of what they're running on, of being, like, controversial and all that shit. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, that, and it kind of, kind of faded away after that because it wasn't, like, a great game. It only got, like, 67 from, like, IGN out of 100. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, canceled, and, and then they brought it back, and then it was canceled by everybody else and all their parents. And um, I'll show you guys some video clips of it, but it is, I mean, it's I even though it's on like PlayStation 2 graphics, it's re- it's pretty intense because they also it's like if you in playing Skyrim, and you cut someone's head off, it's just like oh, and then just slices off. There's not blood going everywhere, and this one it's like people are screaming and wailing, and it's like blood gushing sounds. I mean, it's so because visceral. I think the first the first game's story is you play as the character and you're in prison. And in order to get out of prison or how they're going to let you out is you have to, you have to do these snuff films to get out. Oh, and so, so I know the, the plot of the yeah. second one is you're this, it's, they kind of went off. You went dual protagonist, I think. Yeah. So they yeah. went in the first one, you're in this, there's like this storm that knocks out a power, a power at some jail and you and this other guy, your cellmate escape because all the gates open and you have to get your way out. Um, and it, you get out of the jail, and and you go to these other levels. But it turns out that the whole thing is that there's this government program where they, like, put a chip in your head that pretty much made you a sleeper agent. But it gave you, like, two personalities. And the two personalities, they could just activate remotely so you could, like, be an assassin, be a sleeper agent, kill some people. And then the other, your your normal body would take over, and you can, like, be interrogated because you wouldn't know that there's this other person in your head. Turns out, so he was one of the scientists for the program, and he was, like, deep in debt. I don't know how a scientist, like, for a government thing would ever be in debt. They're, you know, <laughs> getting paid right. buco bucks. Manhunt's not being sold for its story. No, and so he's, like, struggling to, like, pay for his family's. Like, he's just in crazy debt. So he's like, oh, I'll be the first person to get this implant. And it goes, like, terribly wrong. And he, and he finds, like, this serum that he left at his old house that'll, like, fix him and help him remember. Turns out that the other person is just, like, the other construct in your head. And uh, it's kind of lame and funny. But, uh, yeah, the, the execution and stuff. They're, yeah, they're in, I, I, I haven't seen them. I've seen First Manhunt. I know about the first one. And that already was like, wow. I don't know, this is kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard about the first one, but I'd never heard that story. So Fun. when I get home, I'm putting that shit on my Vita. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, if you go right now to to eBay, you can get a copy of Manhunt 2 for about 20 bucks. 
So if, was, you, if you want to relive it. I was expecting that to lead up to it doesn't exist, but there's a playable build somewhere that no one's been able to find, but it fucking came out. That's insane. Yeah. Well, it, it came out edited, which then, yeah, which, yeah, since you, you could probably get the unedited But they, version like, they Lita. blurred. Like, it was like they just removed. It was a very, it was, it was honestly, they, like, that's how, that's what it was so interesting to me is they, like, killed it for its, like, what they were trying to go for. They were like, you just have to blur executions. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, Okay, we have to release this game. It's getting like wait, it's it's we have to just release it and it sucks that it's now that's where it's come to. Cuz I mean by the time they send something to a rating board, it's like done. Yeah. So for them to have scrapped that would have been insane. Man, that's so interesting. We'll we'll watch some when the podcast is done here or, or I guess yeah, but uh gee, like yeah, like that it's so interesting cuz like I think I told you about this earlier too is like how when Oblivion came out, it was rated T. When it first, like when it first mm-hmm. came out, so Elder Scrolls had always been a T-rated game series, and I, I it was, I think it was because of like because uh, a kid was found playing a nude mod on his PC for it, and the mom was freaking the fuck out because obviously her kid didn't go search for it. It was the game's fault. Yeah, and so um, um, let's see, rated M. Yeah. Um, so it was one of the, those things where, like, very clearly, you know, my kid didn't search for that. The game's the game's trying to show my kid that, and so it went this whole thing. Um, it's where it's like, all right, fuck. Well, so it's so I, interesting how we've developed from like games now get canceled because of like EA and their, you know, in-game transactions, or like, uh, or EA for releasing a bad game, or you know, CD Projekt Red releasing an unfinished game. But back then, it was like you—they got canceled by the parents for being too gory, and it's like I don't re- like that—that that doesn't really happen now anymore. But it's just—it's so interesting, and I, I remember growing up and kind of like that was a thing, but I never knew that this was happening in in 2007, and that you know my parents who watched the news every night were like, "Oh, we shouldn't have bought them that GameCube." Or they bought. I remember, like everybody had Wii's because there was the family friendly game. I didn't. I had no clue that this was on the Wii. And yeah, that's I didn't a, either. That's insane. The it's Wii has insane. surprisingly like violent games on there, but they like were never like the reason we probably didn't know about Manhunt is because Nintendo didn't fucking talk about it. For sure, they that never showed up on Nintendo showing Manhunt two coming out. Like they were like, well, so that guy that I was talking to, that that Jack uh, Thompson. He, like, campaigned and, like, would go to, like, places that were even, like, selling, like, doing, like, Burger, Burger King was, like, promoting the Wii or other stuff. And he's, like, you know, Manhunt 2 is on the Wii. And so, like, he, they went through all this, like, like court stuff where he, he was, like, you need to stop. You need to stop, like, spreading these rumors about Manhunt 2 and telling people not to buy it. And he's, like, okay. And so then... Yeah, it was, and it was all dropped. But he is also linked to the game Bully, which is also a kind of a love that game, a kind of a controversial game too. Back in the day, for the same you, kind of reasons. I mean, you play as a fucking bully. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of. You're you're a piece of shit kid, but you know you can be a good guy if you want. They let you do that choice. Yeah, but you know, it's yeah. Rockstar has not had no shortage of controversies, whether it be with GTA, Bully, Manhunt. I think L.A. Noir had some. Max, they know Max Payne had some over the years. I'm still just reeling over the fact that I could have popped in Manhunt 2 and then switched right over to New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. that that's the one. And then and they allowed the interactive swinging the Wiimote 
and killing people. I'll, yeah, I'll show you after the podcast the news things of like some news reporter being like, so this is how you kill. And they're like the news reporters holding the Wiimote and just swinging away. And oh my gosh. Man. Hunt. <laughs> you beat me to it. God dang it. <laughs> Skyward Sword did that shit, and they didn't catch any. That was the thing. Like same with like both Zelda games on the Wii were just like, yeah, you can swing it like a sword. Nothing. Nothing. Manhunt, because yeah, that that was the one that got the attention. Manhunt, you shove a dildo in someone's face and break their skull. That's just Tuesday. <laughs> Wait, what's today? It is Tuesday. <laughs> no, well, yeah, that's fucking insane, dude. So that that was that's my little story. That was fantastic. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the, the murder. Oh my gosh! Thanks, Hillary. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's crooked Hillary getting getting. Was it Le- release the manhunt two emails? Is what I want. <laughs> then we go to we go to the Capitol Hill with like yeah, release manhunt two emails, and people are like, what the hell? Hillary's like, burn it! Burn it all! Burn the drives! They're coming! I, I, you know, the whole raiding the Capitol thing was fucked, but, like, man, I wish I could have just been kind of there, like, in the background, with, like, a sign (laughs) saying, Hillary, Hillary, what do you think of Manhunt 2? Or, like, release the Manhunt 2. Oh, my God. Release the original Manhunt 2, Hillary. (laughs) But it was so interesting, because at the end of, like, that whole thing where they're like, we need the ESRP or, yeah, board to, like, like release how they came to that conclusion. They were like, no. <laughs> we're not going to do that. And kind of that's how it ended, was they're like, we don't have to. Like, no, we're not going to do that. And it, it kind of died there. <laughs> I see. You, awesome. Yeah, it is. You obviously say, like, every, you know, not all, you know, bad press is good press or whatever the hell it was. All, all press is good yeah. press. Yeah. I mean, it helped for video games because, like, look where we are now with video game, like gaming in general, and like how it's the number one entertainment media. I guarantee you, it's because of how many times, you know, you you as a kid were like watching your parents watch Fox News, and it's like they're talking about this GTA game and all the terrible things you can do. You as a kid are like, that sounds kind of cool. That was the big one when I was a kid. I would hear about that. Yeah, me too. Every time I'd go to a friend's house. See, that's what I don't understand. It's like, how did I not hear about Manhunt Two? Because GTA, it's like a okay, national level. Yeah, because it's like okay, you could pick up a prostitute and your and, and then she gets in your car and it's like oh 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 and then that's it and it's like oh you can run somebody over or shoot somebody, but in this it's like yeah you actively are like it's just it's insane sawing someone's head off with a paper clip. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it. That's probably I I honestly of all the game controversies that's the one I can understand people being upset with. Because it's like, yeah. Like Manhunt, Manhunt 1 already was like kind of fucked. And you're like, yeah, if they're going to up it in the sequel, it's like, yeah, I could probably see why that would hit adult only. Yeah. <laughs> like, like GTA, it's like, well, okay, it's GTA. Like, Manhunt's like, no, you have to participate in snuff films. And then, like, it's just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Can't wait to play it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll hear your review on the podcast. That's right. Week. Yeah. All right, BJ, you got another one? Yes, I do. Uh, the next one I kind of chose because it's like kind of the same situation as Trigun where it starts as something and then it turns into something else. Uh, but it's Chocobo Racing 3D for the 3DS. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard a little bit about this. Okay, so it was a follow-up to the 1999 PS1 game that was simply titled Chocobo Racing. 
Uh, this game would have been released for the 3DS, as evident from the title, developed by Hand Entertainment and published by Square. Uh, still unknown whether it would have been a remake or like a new game in that series. Um, it was announced at E3 2010 with like a three, four second video clip uh, and then canceled on October 10th, 2013 by Takeshi Tokina, the creator of the original PS1 game. Um, it was primarily supposed to be a racer, but the thing that really interests me about it is that there were action segments, like intercut between races, that kind of looked like Crystal Chronicles. So um, it, it kind of looked like you were on a racetrack, but almost not really because it was like an open environment with enemies, and you had a character that would run around, no chocobo in sight, and just cut people up, not like brutally, manhunt style, but uh, Final Fantasy combat action shit. Um, let's see here. Uh, Shinji Hashimoto later made a comment on the game, uh, saying, this is roughly translated, but he said, when we checked the quality of the game, we were not satisfied, so it was canceled. If we would develop it for console, we think it should be a game for adults. The target of the Chocobo series is children. Uh, this is weird to me because it makes it feel like, okay, Square Enix somehow thought that only kids played on handhelds and only adults played on consoles, which really doesn't hold a lot of weight when you look at all the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts games on the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, DS, the 3DS, which this was coming out for. Fucking Crisis Core on the PSP. Exactly. You really think children are going to understand and play Dissidia? Yeah. It's a very complex fighter. We did. <laughs> we were nerds. True. But it, it's just such a weird, like, why would you even say that? <laughs> But uh, now, this is where it kind of moves into something new. Chocobo GP, which is yet to be unreleased, but is coming out this month, I think, actually. Yeah. Uh, September 23rd, 2021, Square announced that Chocobo GP uh, would be coming in a Nintendo Direct that month. Uh, the game is a Chocobo kart racer for the Switch and Android, uh, currently planning for March 10th, 2022. So, yeah, like a couple days from now, really. Uh, the clips we've seen of both games feature Moogles as racers, but I'm unsure if they're canonically the same Moogle, because one wears goggles and the other wears goggles and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> GP will actually have two playable Moogles, Atla from Final Fantasy IX and an original character named Racing Hero X. Ooh. Uh, nice name, dog. <laughs> hand seems to have no hand in GP. Uh, Good one. Thank you. And then uh, <laughs> some trivia about it. If Chocobo Racing 3D had released, it would have been Square Enix's third 3D racing game. Uh, the two, the first two were called 3D World Runner and JJ, which was its sequel. Uh, both these games were released on the Nintendo Entertainment System and required 3D glasses to play, which does not sound fun for an NES game. No. At all. Oh, those are that. There's a same another one uh, the game that got canceled. It was a Super Mario game for those same. Uh, the where, where the, the 3D the virtual the virtual boy, boy. yeah mm-hmm. Jesus that Nintendo and it was the VR, I saw yeah. clips of it of like it, it the like what is this found footage of it and it's so slow it's like Mario at half speed it's ridiculous well it's like the virtual boy was like way ahead of its time because they were trying to get into virtual reality before like anybody else and then <laughs> the now technology just wasn't there yeah no, I mean now it's ready it's like we got you know. Me and, me and BJ both have quests, and I, I mean, love them. Nintendo went backwards by just going, well, here's cardboard. Build it yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, and they, they actually, speaking on the cardboard VR thing, they've released full VR games on the eShop that you're just supposed to use that cardboard add-on for. Yuck. Which is stupid as hell. Um, but if That was very gimmicky, uh, the whole, like, you build the Labo The Labo shit, shit was so gimmicky. I mean, they did it for like a year and then never. The, I, the one, the only one that I thought was cool was the keyboard because the the knobs and all that, like it could do stuff using the the lidar, what set like the whatever the IR sensors. The IR sensors, you could like actually use knobs and do like cool, interesting, interesting things. And the like keyboard had like the rubber bands in it, so they were like springy. Mm-hmm. So they had a couple of uh, eShop games specifically around that set too that were just like learn piano. <laughs> so it, yeah, that was a weird period of time uh but the the main character from world runner was actually unlockable in the original chocobo uh racer game his name is jake and he was just jack actually and he was just like a secret unlockable um so it he probably would have been in the 3d remake but we'll never fucking know uh guess we'll never know yep uh gp is set to be a game with seasons so like that disney kart racer that's coming out okay so essentially they're gonna have a uh a shop with other characters that you can buy from Final Fantasy to put into your game and all that stuff. It's basically Fortnite kart racing with Final Fantasy people. Uh, but the first two characters that they announced to be in the shop are going to be Cloud Strife and Squall Leonhardt, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII. And uh, I thought this was interesting because in the original game, they were like the two first secret character slots. So it kind of seems like they're hearkening back to that whole... Okay, maybe it is a follow-up to the PS1 game, mm-hmm. and the 3DS content has just been moved over to the Switch. Um, both Chocobo GP and Racing PS1 feature a playable Black Mage, the character class that inspired my avatar for this podcast. <laughs> uh, no warriors, I don't think. Yeah, there I go. <laughs> um, in the first one, it was simply a nameless Black Mage, just like Final Fantasy One, and then in GP, it's actually going to be VV from Nine. Uh, it's the same is true for the white mages. Um, I don't know if the white mage has a name in GP, but I can't think of any named white mages, so I can't see that why that Aerith. would be the case. Well, th- it, it's a fucking girl in a white cloak. Oh, yeah. You can't just put that in there and call it Aerith. I mean, you could. I mean, I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fact that they're using both of them in both games means that they probably both would have been in uh, 3D as well. I basically had to draw a lot of conclusions for this game because there's not much information besides that clip, and it's the same way for both of the games that I covered. So I uh, had to do a little bit of digging. That's cool. That's very cool. Thanks. Hell yeah. Speaking of Final Fantasy... Well, we'll see if I've got the time to do this one. Yeah, I know. Um, We've been going on... Uh, I don't really have anything so left, so. So, all right. Uh, I'll try to do this one. So, yeah. The, 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 the main game I really wanted to bring in is a game that I have... I have been following since its announcement. So Which, the, which was when? We'll get to oh, that. I'm so excited. So, Final Fantasy Versus 13. This was... Like Scalebound, this was a game that was coming only to the PS3 and was going to be the reason I bought a PS3. Didn't happen like that, but we'll get to there. So, way, way back, you know, and way back in the, this year, we like to call the year of our Lord 2006, 
this trailer was put out. Uh, I saw it on YouTube where it's just this dark, realistic looking city and the main character, he's got this like suit on, but then he's got this weird fucking coat with a stupid ass like the neck whatever this thing's called like collar pulled up like to his, the top of his head it's like dumb anime bullshit where you're like yeah this is very clearly Japanese just imagine any Square Enix character yeah <laughs> but um but the combat they were showing or at least the things you could do and again this is a CGI trailer but I was a kid so I didn't really care um he's like flipping around teleporting he's got multiple weapons it's not just a sword like most Final Fantasies he's using a sword a gun polearm axe great sword shield and like he's teleported like he flung a sword and teleported to it where he threw it and like it's all this cool shit i actually want to show you this trailer after the podcast because it's insane but um all they do is then it ends with him like walking back into this church and then he's on this throne and it just says final fantasy versus 13 i was like what the fuck the sickest trailer i'd seen so i was like i'm gonna get a ps3 this says only for PS3. I'm gonna and have to you, get PS3. You've been betting a lot of your your yeah on, right? on on games. You're like, I'm gonna get this game. I'm gonna get this console for this game. And <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of how it goes because you know, it's like if you don't have the console, you have to kind of convince your parents. Oh, you need to like because back then it's like, well, mom, see if if I get the game right, this game is only available on this console. So I know it's gonna be some expensive, but like. It'll be worth it because I'm gonna be playing the game, and if I if I don't get good grades, you can take it away. Like you're doing that kind of shit, honey. I don't think we're we're gonna get you any more video games. There's this <laughs> game called Manhunt Two on the Wii. You're gonna turn into a violent killer. But um, I know people that bought PS3s for Kingdom Hearts Three. So if that <laughs> makes you feel any better, they also bought it for Last Guardian. Yeah, it didn't come out till PS4. Um, but yeah. So what, what made this interesting was this was a. Uh, this is going to be directed by Tetsuya Nomura. So he is the director of all the Kingdom Hearts games, as well as being a heavy character designer for most Final Fantasies. He's worked at Square for years, um, but he's, he's had like a really great track record with the company. And this is going to be his first directorial debut as a Final Fantasy game. So he was all in. And so, you know, it's like, cool. And then we, he- we hear nothing about this game for a while. It, it's just like no information you know we we didn't even get like the name of the name of the protagonist noctis wasn't wasn't released until 2008 so we didn't even know who the who the character was just that he's this emo looking pretty boy who could use so many cool weapons and that was it and then we found out his name in 2008 dang so two years later we're like oh he's there here's his name they show more gameplay trailers they show off this character named stella nox florent i think is how they pronounce it or i think we didn't actually get the fucking name um but she was supposed to be Noctis's lover, but also like the bad guy. Oh. So it's gonna be this really weird, like, oh well, you know, it's like a lovers to enemies type of thing. Yeah. Oh. And so that was one of the things. They showed off, you know, Noctis's friends who would fight with you in this. Like so some of the trailers showed them very Kingdom Hearts style where you have the their face with their health bar and everything. But it was a weird thing where like as they move in the game, they would move in like the little health bar square. So if you dodged, Noctis's like body would roll in in the health bar too. So you're seeing like all this cool shit here and there. The the combat was like action oriented. So it's he's very much pulling from Kingdom Hearts. Like he wants to be fluid and fast and all this really cool shit. So like we get this big trailer with gameplay and they're showing off you know Stella. They're showing off fighting huge enemies and all this cool shit. And we're like, oh, this is great. And then nothing for years. To the point where when people were like, hey, is this game even coming? 
Square, like people are saying, is it canceled? And Square's like, no, 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 it's good, it's good. Don't worry, it's good, it's coming. And I'm, I'm assuming I don't know the realistically like many of the problems, but like Nomura, I'm because while all this was happening, he was also making other Kingdom Hearts games. So I want to, I want to say this coincides with Birth by Sleep coming out, yeah, three five eight on the DS, and then I and think coded. coded. So yeah. three Kingdom Hearts games came out in this development time that like. We knew he was working on Versus. Dang, that's so weird. How, so, how, like, some games just fall through. Well, so, and this is where the... See, it didn't necessarily fall through all the way. So, Square keeps saying, don't worry, the game is coming, we promise, right? And so, most people like me did not believe them at this point. We're like, this game's never coming out, I'm never gonna see it, whatever. Well, E3 2013 rolls around. And I start seeing, oh shit, this is Versus. You see the characters that I, I saw like years ago. I'm seeing excellent action combat. E3 2013? 2013. Dang. Yeah, right? And I'm like, oh shit, they're, they're finally bringing it out. Like, we're actually going to get this game. And they play the whole trailer, show off these new characters, some new characters, some new locations. It's still Noctis and his buddies. We don't see Stella, though, so she's not in the trailer. So we're like, okay, well, it's happening. And then they, they show it off, Final Fantasy Versus 13, and then some gibberish things happen the the logo explodes and then re-reveals itself as final fantasy 15 so they take the side game and say no fuck it it's a main series title now we're branching we're bringing it out we're gonna make it make it big Uh uh-huh and so that's where we go from then from 2013 to 2016 about 10 years when it was originally announced it finally comes out and it's it was about a seven out of ten when it launched wow i know i love this game still I think it's great, but there's some changes, right? So Stella is not a character in 15. They have a new character named Luna, who's just this blank piece of cardboard, who has no character developments or motivations or anything. She's just Noctis's lo- lover? Question mark. They haven't seen each other for like 10 years, but Noctis had a crush on her when he was a kid. Now they're getting arranged to be married. So there. She's the plot device white woman. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but but it now the game the game went from like super dark and like. Because it, it was, it was being promoted as like one of the darkest Final Fantasy Ooh. games, and then now it's like a fun road trip with your boys, uh, while we go save the world. <laughs> so it's like all this stuff. Not only that, but Nomura was kicked off the project. Whoa! So he was at, no longer at the director. What point? This was when they announced it as fifteen. Okay. So instead, Hajime Tabata was put in, and he he had made some other Final Fantasy like side projects before to be his first mainline game, and so they they pretty much and this is where like the development hell is real they had to pretty much make sense of what Nomura had done and then change it because square one is some shit changed all within and i don't even know when they actually started developing it but from 20 2013 to 2016 they had to do all this okay. so they had to take what was there scrap stuff redo stuff they moved engines like it was nightmare shit That's and to interesting the, to me because chocobo racing canceled in 2013 they could have just said fuck it fuck this 3ds game we need all hands on deck for 15 well that's the thing and and that was the case 15 got a shit ton of development because yeah they pulled people off other projects to get this game out and even then the way that you have to experience final fantasy 15 story entirely is to watch a little anime like six episode anime of the main protagonists play the game to a certain point stop watch the tie-in movie that they released with it And then keep going through the the game. 
And then read a book. And then yeah, what? read a book oh because gosh. they can't. They can't, They were gonna have a second season pass with more DLC. They canceled that. And then they just put all that in a novel and, and said, "Here all you go. of the demos and trials." for oh, yeah. this game. Oh yeah, everything are all canon. was what? canon. Oh, I can't. I yeah. can't even. That's too much for me, man. Now, granted, yeah. the actual game itself is very good. The combat is very fun, and like still to this day, the warp strike, which they showed in the trailer, and they kept, thank God, to this game, is one of the most satisfying things. Because if you can lock onto an enemy, you just press triangle, and you will zoom to them. And and the farther you are, the more damage. Oh, you that's do. cool. It's really cool. Um, the the game itself turned from like a more linear style Final Fantasy to a big open world, which The Witcher Three was cited as a huge. Uh, uh, What's the inspiration? Uh, inspiration, yeah, for that. And so they they just went all in on this game to try to be like the next big Final Fantasy, which it, it made its money back, which granted, it's because everybody was waiting 10 years for this fucking game. They made its money back really fast, and then they, they did all these DLCs for it. It's like they did DLCs for specific characters. And by the end, they started doing DLCs where like, oh, this is how it went in the story, but now you can change the story. Now we're going to see what alternate timelines all this other shit and then finally Square just went fuck it we're done mm -hmm. the game is out we made our money we're gonna move on from 15 and yeah that's that's the story of Versus 13 and how it went from a a passion project it seems for Nomura to 15 but there's a, there's one more Whoa. thing in Kingdom Hearts 3 which is Nomura's other game that took him 10 fucking years to make because Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2005 Six? I think it was six here, five over there. Yeah, so 2006 for us. Didn't didn't actually release till 2019? 18? Uh, shit. I think Long time. Kingdom so Kingdom Hearts 3 also. Yeah, I think but it was 19. The, the difference there is that they had multiple games in between, so like DS games, 3DS, mm -hmm. um, PSP, to kind of tide people over and, and then add more to the plot. Well, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, there is a secret January boss. January 25th, 2019. Yeah, so there is a secret boss. Named Yazora. Yazora is spelled backwards. Is no, is <laughs> come. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a way to like be like, well, actually, it means a bit of whatever. Um, but uh, Yazora is very clearly Noctis, but Namora is now getting to do what he wanted to do. Oh. But and he only had to shoot Sora in the face to do oh it. My yeah, so so the, the game style. The, game, right. the game ends, so Kingdom Hearts 3's like final thing ends. Like it's a secret ending where Sora gets encased in crystal and Yazora wakes up in a limo in almost a shot for shot recreation of Versus 13's first trailer opening. Whoa. Where it's like he's waking up and he's like, Are you because he's like, and it's the same thing. It's like, did you sleep well? Like, are you you know, are you good? And it's like it's like I've been having these dreams, yada yada, and they they tie it into Kingdom Hearts shit. But now it seems that Nomura is gonna get to make his versus thirteen game, but now with Kingdom Hearts shit. Whoa! So yeah, we now that is, get that's pretty cool. It's we now get two avenues where we got fifteen with the actual cast kind of, and now we're getting the original ideas brought back in a different series where it's it it's insane. Like that whole process of that game is so interesting to me because I lived through it. Yeah, all. no, that's super interesting. I I know like through researching. That there's so many times where games like were scrapped and then other games took components of the other games like and then like pretty much all of it like some of it all the game was just completely scrapped except for like a, a few things or 
just stuff like that. Did you did you see the the early build of Cyberpunk uh, 2077? No, I didn't. There was that early alpha build that oh, was like a full third yes, person. Yeah, I did see that. Also, the fact that that whole thing was just scrapped. They said we can't we can't use it and started over after that is so insane to me. Yeah, it's wild. And it's like the fact that the fact that someone can do that, see all the all the money that they spent, and go, Stan, nah, we can't use it. It's fucking well, thank insane. Thank goodness it's running hey, pretty Tyler. well. On the- <laughs> <laughs> Try to be all sneaky. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's the last one I had, and I think it's a good good spot to end the yeah, podcast on. Know, but there's there's just a lot. The games that we have now are built upon lots of dead the bodies. Bones yeah. The of, bones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many, like, what was it, Xenogears was supposed to be Final Fantasy VII that got changed into another game? Like, Square has a lot of that. I mean, fuck, you can go through Capcom's Mega Man history. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, on, on that. so that saw, much, like, yeah. There was a year where it was just like, all right, every Mega Man game we have is canceled, and they had, like, four that year. Yeah. Ma- Maverick Hunter and Legends 3 are, like, the two that, like, I think most people are like, oh, this could be cool. Because Maverick Hunter was being made by the Metroid Prime developers, in, in kind of the same style where they took Metroid. Well, yeah, and then I, I learned that, like, Metroid Dread was, like, a thing, and then it was canceled, and then that's... They referenced it back in, like, old Game Boy Advance yeah, games. Yeah. Like, Project yeah. Dread is coming. Exactly, yeah. Stuff. So, cool. Yeah. Matt, thanks for being on the podcast. Again, thanks for having me. Always, dude. Uh, where can they find you if they want to go follow you on Instagram or go check out anything you're doing? Oh, well, uh, probably, like, Matt underscore litiken l-i-t-t-e-k-e-n nothing really special there it's usually like once a year i post something nice about my wife um but it's it's very wholesome very sweet but you know hopefully we you know is if uh, as uh, my hope for for you guys in this is that it increases and then maybe i can make a, a a part on you know a little podcast uh instagram and yeah hell yeah cool but yeah, thank you guys for, for listening. Um, follow us on the Instagram at sidequest underscore podcast. Yep. And if you check our following list, Matt is on there. Yep. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, take it sleazy.